I watched The Innocence of Ruth from 1916. It's the second film directed by John H. Collins that I've watched, and just like the first one, he did not disappoint. I'd say that he and William S. Hart are unquestionably the biggest discoveries I've made so far in this podcast. And they're discoveries to me. Obviously, it's not like I have unearthed directors no one's heard of. William Hart was one of the biggest directors of his time. Uh, Collins, not so much. Collins was forgotten. He died in the 1918 flu pandemic, so his career never really took off. So when I say they're discoveries, I mean they're discoveries to me. And yeah, John H. Collins... I was shocked by how good Children of Eve was. And ever since I watched that, I've been looking forward to the next time one of his pictures popped up in the rotation, and here it was. The Innocence of Ruth is a much smaller scale story than Children of Eve. Children of Eve dealt with some big societal problems. The Innocence of Ruth, I suppose, touches on some, but mostly it's a story about a few people. But either way, it's a fine film. It again stars Viola Davis, who was Collins's wife. This time she plays the Ruth in the title. She is a young, innocent girl. Her father dies shortly after having been cleaned out in the stock market by this guy, Mortimer Reynolds. He's the villain of the movie. And with his dying wish, Ruth's father beseeches his friend, a younger millionaire investor named Jimmy Carter, not the ex-president, to take on his daughter as a ward. And I guess wards were a big thing in the early 1900s because they're popping up constantly in these early films. Apparently, whenever some young girl lost her parents back then, there was always a friendly millionaire somewhere nearby to take her on as a ward, which basically meant kind of like she lived in their house and they paid her way. So... I don't know. I don't, I don't think that's a thing anymore. I don't know too many wards. But back then, there was always the millionaire ready to take him in and make sure they received a proper upbringing. And despite being something of a party animal, in fact, the film opens with Jimmy waking up in the middle of the day, hungover after a night of debauching, and his butler, I think, gives him some brandy or something to start the day. But he, he agrees. He brings Ruth home, and he vows to take good care of her. But Ruth has some different ideas. I think she must like Jimmy because she immediately wants to pretend that they're married. She even steals a kiss from him. He's mortified. He races off. He heads out for another night of drunken debauchery. Yet while he's out with his friends, you see him at a bar. They're drinking. They're carousing. There's these kind of, I mean, I guess I would call them flappers, but I think in 1916, the flappers weren't the thing. But women with the feathers in their hats, kind of look like flappers, really. Proto-flappers, maybe. There's one sitting in his lap, kind of flirting with him. But then Jimmy suddenly is thinking back home to Ruth. So maybe he's starting to like her. Who knows? While this is happening, we kind of catch up with Reynolds, uh, the, the villain. And he sees Ruth at a, there's like a party. Uh, Carter has taken her to like some kind of a ball and he sees her and he decides that it wasn't enough to drive her father into bankruptcy. He wants to steal her innocence. He wants to corrupt her. He wants to basically take her home and do bad things to her. And so he has this live-in, I don't know, there's this girl, woman, Edna. She's a little older and she lives with Reynolds. She's some kind of a gold digger. Like He's openly funding her lavish lifestyle. 
but he doesn't seem to have a romantic end. Like at one point, she kind of tries to come on to him, and he says, ah, "Leave me alone. Just go spend some money. Do anything. Just leave me alone." So, for some reason, she's hanging around, but it's it's not totally clear what their relationship is. But she's plotting with him together. They're scheming about how they're going to corrupt Ruth, and their first thing is they want to kind of drive a wedge between her and Jimmy. So. Edna tells Ruth, like, oh, you're like me. You're a gold digger. And she's like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, well, you know, he's paying everything. You're doing nothing. You're, you're useless to him. You're lucky he's doing that. And kind of makes her, I think she saw it as they were falling in love, but now she feels like she's a burden. And so she takes off and she leaves, runs out of Jimmy's house, and she kind of goes to to Mortimer Reynolds for, for comfort and support. That's probably the wrong move. Uh, meanwhile, Reynolds, who's made a career out of ruining people in the market, he's been ruined himself. And so he's got this, basically he's destitute, about to lose everything, or he's already lost everything, basically. It's about to be taken away. And he gets this last-ditch idea for financial solvency. He forges Jimmy's signature on some documents, makes it seem that Jimmy signed a bunch of bonds or stocks or something over to him. He takes them to a bank, and he shows the bank and says, look, I've got this. And that helps them. They give him a $10,000 bank loan. And so he's going to cash that $10,000 check and kind of get himself back on even footing. But the bank discovers the fraud. They show Jimmy the signatures. He's like, that's not my signature. And so they send the police out after Reynolds. He's unaware that he's been discovered. So he goes home. He finds Edna and Ruth. And Edna has been giving Ruth some brandy to kind of get her ready and He's got this sinister smile, like, ah, this is much better finished today. So he goes in there, he's forcing her to drink more, and Edna starts having second thoughts, like, maybe we shouldn't do it to this little girl, but then he sends her away, traps Ruth in the bedroom, and just when he's about to do some bad stuff, Jimmy has figured this all out. He storms in, he rescues her, but she's fainted, Reynolds knocks out Jimmy, and then he takes off, though. I guess he realizes that there's no getting away with it now. So he heads back to his office. He's confronted by the police. He kills one police officer. The other one kills him. So he's completely done for. He's he's dead. He's gone. Um, Ruth and Jimmy have recovered. And then they make up. And there's this really sweet final scene. It's one of the best closes. In fact, as I watched them, I was really enjoying the movie. But that very last scene just sealed the deal made it like a great movie to me um i'm a sucker for a good ending i guess but ruth climbs up onto this chair she's beckoning jimmy to come closer she opens her arms to give him a big hug with this big smile on her face and then collins does something i never seen to this i'm obviously i've seen it in modern films but this is the first time i've seen a freeze frame the final shot is just viola davis with her arms wide open a big smile edward earl who plays jimmy coming over to her and that's that's it it's just this really sweet amazing final scene so i loved it i'm already wondering when the next john h collins movie is going to pop up on the list but next i'm gonna watch he did and he didn't also from 1916 directed by roscoe fatty arbuckle 